Awesome. Well, so good to see you all here. If you don't know me, I'm Jay. Um, I lead youth here. Yeah, it's good to meet you all. Um, and we've been going through the book of Luke um, as a church this year. And so tonight I'm going to be preaching from Luke chapter 9 from verse 1 to 17. And it was so beautiful because as soon as I opened a scripture... I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to speak on? And he instantly revealed the two most passionate points which I live for. So I'm going to preach my favourite message. It's going to be awesome. Why don't you turn to your Bible? I'm reading from the NLT. Luke chapter 9, 1 to 17. So, one day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Take nothing for your journey, he instructed them. Don't take a walking stick, a traveler's bag, food, money, or even a change of clothes. Wherever you, wherever you go, stay in the same house until you leave town. And if a town refuses to welcome you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned those people to their fate. That's pretty intense, eh? So they begin their circuit of the villages, preaching the good news and healing the sick. We're just going to skip the little bit of Herod's confusion because I'm not preaching for that tonight. So we're going to go on from Jesus feeds to 5,000. When the apostles returned, they told Jesus everything they had done. Then he slipped quietly away with them toward the town of Bethsaida. I think they say that. But the crowds found out where he was going and they followed him. He welcomed them and taught them about the kingdom of God and he healed those who were sick. Late in the afternoon, the 12 disciples came to him and said, send the crowds away to the nearby villages and farms so they can find food and lodging for the night. There is nothing to eat here in this remote place. But Jesus said, you feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Why are you expecting us to go and buy enough food for this whole crowd? For there were about 5,000 men. Jesus replied, tell them to sit down in groups to about 50 each. So the people all sat down. Jesus took the loaves, the five loaves and the two fish, looked up towards heaven And blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into place, he kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. That's a miracle, man. (laughs) Man, there's a lot in that scripture. But the first thing that captured my my attention and what Holy Spirit started talking to me about was in the first part when Jesus sends out his disciples, we read that he gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and heal all diseases, then sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and heal the sick. 
We see in Matthew 10, 8, he says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Jesus' first thing that he said to the disciples was, Go. Go and preach the kingdom. Go and heal the sick. Go and cast out demons. The big thing was go. I'm going to talk about that for a little bit. The thing that challenges me about that, right, is that He's not just talking to His 12 disciples there. He's talking to us. If you're a disciple, that is your calling. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. That is our calling as Christians. Actually, that's our calling as disciples, not believers. There's a difference. We can call ourselves a believer or a disciple. A believer believes they should go, and a disciple goes. That's the difference. We are called to be disciples. Jesus wants disciples, not believers. Jesus is saying, go, and it's up to us whether we want to have fear or whether we want to be as bold as a lion. Proverbs 28, the righteous are as bold as lions. It's up to us whether we want to be obedient or not be obedient. And by the way, delayed obedience is disobedience. It's up to us whether we want to love people like Jesus did or not. As I go further, I just want to, I really want to encourage you guys. And in fact, I'll even go to say big. I pray that this isn't just a message that brushes over our heads as we go into a week and we forget about it by the time next Sunday comes. I really pray that this is a message that convicts us, a message that sticks into our hearts and literally we walk with it for the rest of our lives because this is the calling of a disciple and we need to be aware of it. We need to have it in our heart. We need to have it stuck to us, branded to our heart. So I encourage you, Really, really, really pay attention to this. Jesus then gives the disciples power and authority to do these things in His name. In His name is the key key part there. In His name. We have to use in Jesus' name. It's in His power, not our power. Jesus tells the disciples not to take anything with them as they go. And I was wondering, why was that? I came to the, well, actually, my mum also helped me with this. She's very wise. I think she preached on it at North. Was it good? Awesome. She was good at North. That's good to hear. But, but so basically, we need to be able to preach the gospel boldly as a, as a disciple of Christ, but also we need to use His name and we need to do it in Jesus' name. Why? Because we have to rely on His strength, right? Jesus told the disciples, don't bring anything with you. Not even a walking stick, not even money, not, not even spare clothes, but it's solely so that he could, they all could rely on God. We have to rely on God when we are living the cool, um, cool of God on our lives, which is Matthew 10, 8. When we go, we need to completely trust God 
When we share the good news, we have to completely rely on God. When we heal the sick, we have to completely rely on God. Here's a challenging thought. If God is so faithful that He would choose us to be a part of the mission, He would choose us to be disciples that would heal the sick, that would cast out demons, that would cure people with leprosy, that would raise the dead. If we would, God chose us to do that. He chose us to share the kingdom. Surely we can be faithful back to Him and do it. Right? He chose us. Can I ask you a question? Do you really think that God needs us to do those things? Does God need us to heal the sick? No. But He still chooses to do it with us anyway. He's that faithful. So surely we can be faithful back to Him and do it and step out of our comfort zone and do it. Man, I told you I'm preaching from my passion points, man. And it's convicting me too. The thing is we can often interpret the call in our own way for comfort. You know, we hear the quote a lot, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Well, let me just show you. Kathan, can you come up please? I've got my uh, test buddy, my, my example man. Yeah. So, Kathan is going to preach the gospel for me. Just now? Yeah. Okay, cool. Hold on, hold on. I'll be right with you. All right, can you preach the gospel now? Thanks, man. You can take a seat. <laughs> yeah, why don't we give him a hand? That was awesome. <laughs> but you can see my point. <laughs> we hear the quote, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. No, we have to use words. It's important, man. We got to preach the gospel. Jesus doesn't say here to His disciples, go and be good people. Go and be nice people. No, He said, go and preach the Kingdom of God. It's important that we open our mouth. Here, listen to this. Romans 10, 14 to 15, Paul says, But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? How can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? How can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? How will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the Scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. Not how beautiful are the feet of those who are nice people. 
How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, good news, gospel, ones who preach the gospel, ones who share their faith. That's what we're called to do. We have to open our mouths for this thing. Our calling as disciples to see people saved and walk into a relationship with God, to enter an eternity with God. We have to open our mouths. That's been lost somewhere. A lot of the time we can just think, we yeah, just be a good person. Be that light in the world. And absolutely that is vital. We have to, have to act like Christ as well. In fact, I just had a message the other day from a, from a, old, uh, from a fellow who I used to go to school with. I don't, I don't even remember who he was. I didn't even remember his name. Didn't even remember um, talking to him. But he messaged me going, Hey Jay, I didn't know who else to reach out to, but I'm feeling suicidal. I'm having mental health problems. And my friend is telling me about this Jesus guy and I didn't know how, how, who to reach out to, so I thought of you. Can, can we chat? I don't remember talking to the guy, but yet he saw something on my life that was light, that was of Christ, right? So absolutely we have to act like Christ, you know? Our actions have to represent Him. But if we want to live in the cool that God has placed on our life and see people enter into a relationship with God, we have to open our mouths. We saw from Cathan that it doesn't work. If anyone gives their life to God, seeing that, they're, they're weird, man. That's just, that's weird, man. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> we have to open our mouths. Are we all good, guys? Awesome. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live a life of obedience. We need Holy Spirit in our lives to be able to boldly walk this thing out, to be able to walk the call of God in our lives out. Let's read from verse 17 in that passage again. And it's a bit of an interesting passage to be honest to look into. It's like, what's even the point of that? But it says, They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. This is a bit of a weird thing. It's like, what's so special about leftovers and people being full from eating, right? But as I asked Holy Spirit, what else do you want to say? I felt Holy Spirit directing me in that way of we got to live out the calling, right? As I just talked about. But then I, I found Him say, we can't do that unless we are filled with Holy Spirit. We're filled with Holy Spirit. We're full as the, as the, the 5,000 men were, and unless we're overflowing with Him, full to the point of overflow, there were, what was it? Seven baskets left over, 12 baskets, even more. If we wanna walk this thing out effectively, man, if we wanna do this thing, we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit to the point of overflow. One thing that I found over the last couple of years of my journey with God is that the key to being filled with the Spirit, the key to, I guess, being on fire for God, the key to having such love and passion for God that I can't hold this thing back, 
Like seriously, man, these people dying and going to hell. And if that doesn't affect you, you need more Holy Spirit. It's true. This is serious. If we want to be more hungry for God, if we want more of a fire for God, sorry, we need to be hungry for it. Hunger is the key to being filled with the Spirit. Why don't you open yourself up right now and allow Holy Spirit to touch you? bit of a snotty mess oh man this thing disturbs me man how can we be in love with Jesus and not tell people about him Jesus, God, I pray for a fresh touch of your spirit right now. God, I pray for a revelation of what you did on that cross. Lord, I pray that as we receive that revelation, God, Lord, that we just fall more in love with you. Lord, it doesn't matter who we are doesn't matter if you've got an evangelistic call on your life or if you don't. Lord, I, I just pray that we all get a burning fire for souls in this place right now. Lord, that we just have a desire to see people meet you with you because we know what you did for us. Man, so beautiful, Jesus. Alright, I'll try to get through the rest of my message for you guys. So we need to have a strong hunger for God, a desperate hunger for God. You know, we see the story of Jesus turning water into wine. That was his first miracle. And in that story, it wasn't Jesus' time wasn't Jesus' time to do a miracle and reveal Himself as the Messiah, right? And Mary comes up going, Jesus, I need you to do this. And because of Mary's demand on Jesus and faith in Jesus, it wasn't even time, but yet Jesus did that miracle and turned water into wine. We actually have permission to put a demand on Jesus we have permission to put a demand on Holy Spirit and go, God, I want that encounter now. God, I want a revelation now. God, I want to be filled with Your Spirit. We actually need a demand. We need to be hungry for God, just as Mary was here. We can receive right now if we just put a demand. Holy Spirit encounters us in different ways though. I mean, we can see encounters like that. You just can't help not to cry. 
you can see people falling over. You can see some pretty intense encounters, but encounters aren't always, I guess, feel encounters. You know what I mean? We don't have to feel anything a lot of the time. You know, when I was in School of Evangelism in America, I was there, man. I was hungry. I was desiring something new of God the whole way through. It was a five-day school and I got, I think it was three days in and everybody was were having these incredible encounters with God and I was there. Nothing. Couldn't feel anything, couldn't hear anything. That's ridiculous. That's like the most amount of money I've spent like for like nothing. It was stupid. I'm just, I'm just letting some stuff out. I'm still hurt. No, I'm not. I'm not. Don't worry. <laughs> but, but what happened, right? On that night, do you guys know what a prayer tunnel is? I've shared the story before, but a prayer tunnel. So there were like 10 guest speakers or something to the school and they all lined up on either side and everybody walked through the tunnel. And basically I was last in line. And I'm in a completely different room, you know, lined up. So I enter into the room where the prayer tunnel is and every single person, there were 120 students, so 119 students were on the ground. Just Holy Spirit encountered them and they got slain in the Spirit, right? So I'm like, yes, this is my time. This beautiful encounter. So I walk through and there's people like Todd White laying his hands on me. There's Daniel Kalenda, like some incredible speakers and anointed people. And I'm that one awkward guy who gets to the end who's standing and didn't have an encounter. Boy, I thought something was wrong with me. So what do I do? I naturally go into a room by myself and I get, I guess, righteously angry at God. Is that how you'd say it? Yeah, I guess so. Um, and, and I just said, God, what's the point of me being here if you're not going to encounter me, you know? And I really went at it, <laughs> to be honest. Sorry, God. I repent of that. But it was actually probably good. Hunger, be hungry, put a demand, right? And so what happened was I just opened my spirit in a different way. I said, you know what, fine. If I'm not going to have an encounter with God, let me just see if I can just hear anything, see if God whispers something to me. At that moment, I heard Holy Spirit say, Jay, you don't need that. All you need is the most small and tender whisper to be fully satisfied. And that changed my whole reality. Because whenever I hear that whisper of God now, oh boy, is it the most beautiful thing. And not only that, that makes the larger encounters a lot more special and so encounters don't always come in the same way God encounters us in different ways and in fact it's not always a feel encounter we need to know God we need to pursue God when we look at the Ten Commandments we look at it and we go yeah yep we won't kill Right? I hope so. We don't, well, we try not to lie. It's probably a bit of a harder one. We don't steal. And then we get to the fourth commandment, right? And it says the Sabbath. You know, one day, just away with God. We like to interpret that in our own way now, don't we? Yep, we won't kill. Now we won't steal. 
Sabbath? Yeah, God, I don't have enough time, sorry. (laughs) We can do that, right? Can I just challenge you a minute? If God Himself rested on the seventh day of creation, then you've got time to rest too. I've got time to rest too, right? Like God's a lot busier than all of us, (laughs) straight up. (laughs) And He still rested. We've got time to be with God. We've got time to pursue God. We've got time to be hungry for Him, to get alone in our room and just go hard for God, right? We need to spend time with Him. I said earlier in the in the natural when you eat you get hungry you get full sorry but in the supernatural when you eat you get more hungry if you want to love Jesus more if you want to be more hungry for God then you got to eat you got to get in that place with Jesus you got to encounter him you got to spend time with him and you'll only get more it's an interesting cycle cuz you get satisfied to wanting more, <laughs> you know? Jesus paid a price on the cross so that we can be abs- well, absolutely possessed by Him. And all He is looking for is us wanting Him, us desiring Him. The band can come back if you want. When we get baptised by the Holy Spirit, we aren't getting baptised by some mist or vapour of God as well. You know, a lot of the time we can believe when that little shiver comes when we encounter God. You know, we can often think, all right, this is lovely. But somewhere in our head, we don't actually embrace that. That presence touching us is God. It's not just a little portion of God or a little mist of God where He's like in heaven and He's just like, God is like hand like fanning you. No, (laughs) that encounter is God, is completely God. That His presence is the person of Jesus. Man, it changes your life when you understand that, when you get that encounter with God, when you get that little touch from heaven. Man, it just changes you going this is God. Wow. Acts 1, 6-8 says, So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking Him, Lord, has the time come for You to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for You to know. But You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I'm gonna read that last bit again. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, filling from the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus just said it there. If we wanna live the call of God on our life, if we wanna step out boldly and if we wanna share the the Gospel with others and tell people about Jesus, 
we have to be filled with the Spirit. The Spirit needs to come upon us. We have to preach the Gospel, but the Spirit comes upon us to demonstrate power. You know, there's two, two different types of infillings. There's the Spirit that comes within us for relationship, and there's a Spirit that comes upon us, and that's for demonstration of power. That's healing, that's prophecy, you know. It's a, one of the greatest tools, if not the greatest tool we have as Christians. We really need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And some, you might be, we're going to go into a time where I'm going to invite people forward and if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And some of you might be going, Jay, I've already been filled with the Holy Spirit. There's more. <laughs> There's so much more. It's not just once and you, you just walk off, you know, for the rest of your life. It's a constant thing. Being constantly filled with the Spirit. There's more. There's more. We need to be filled.